Welcome to Tough Questions, where we address the most challenging issues of a real and a relative Christian faith. If you're joining us on Facebook Live or our YouTube channel, Instagram, or maybe the Tough Questions podcast, again, I want to say thanks for dialing in. Now let's get into our subject for this episode. I've got a a couple of scriptures that I want to share with you here. And here's one of them. And this one comes from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. So I'd like you to write these down so that you can kind of refer back to them a little bit later on. Uh, Romans 5, 3 through 5 says this. It says, more than that, uh, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What a a beautiful reminder, you know, of our relationship with God and, and the way that he orchestrates things to take place in our life. You know, it's, it's something that God is doing through all of the difficulties that you and I go through in life. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, also, Romans 8.28, uh, let me bring that one up here for you. Uh, 8.28 is one of my favorites, and it says this. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You know, a, a very simple explanation of, of how God orchestrates things for good or for, you know, to help his plan, you know, his purposes in this world to carry on. That's what he's, that's what he's saying here is all of these things are working for the good that I'm doing in the world, even though maybe they don't look so good at this point. Well, That's one of the things we're going to talk about today a little bit. You know, sometimes we we seem to miss the organized or the purposeful side of God, I think. We we see life as it appears like maybe it's in a a state of constant change and, and constant chaos at times, especially, you know, in the world today. You know, we see that that in this thing that God has created, this physical world that God has created, though, that there is tremendous design, tremendous organization, and tremendous purpose, even though things look chaotic sometimes. And even though it is a fallen world, God still has his plan for the salvation of humankind in place and taking steps forward every single moment of every day. Now, in this this world that God has created, we also live within the boundary of boundaries of some or, of some laws that God has ordained. And one of those laws is that things go from a sense of order to a sense of disorder. And, and let me let me kind of explain what I'm talking about. Let's say you go to you know Lowe's or Home Depot or somewhere, and you 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 want to freshen up the house. You know you want to paint the house. It's been years since it was done, and 
So you go and you buy all the paint and the brushes and everything, and every night after work you're out there painting away, painting away, and, and finally, you know, a week or so later it's all done. And you step back and you look at the house and you say, wow, it looks great. You know, it's in a state of order now. And you come back a year later and you say, yeah, it still looks pretty good. You know, I'm glad I did that last summer. But what does that house look like in 10 years? Well, you know, it looks a little iffy. You know, it's starting to fade and some of the paint is starting to peel off. And, you know, maybe some of the eaves are starting to rot away. And, and see, things go from a state of order to a state of disorder. It's the same thing with, you know, human life. We're born and we're nice and, you know, chubby little babies and, you know, and everything's growing and maturing and all that. And, well, what about 70 years later? Well, you know, not so much. You know, things are kind of deteriorated a little bit. Things have gotten a little off track, if you want to look at it that way. But we, we live in a world where sometimes it's easy to miss the order you know, and the way that God has things structured to operate. We miss that sometimes, and it takes us away from trusting in who God is. Uh, you know, I can live through a lot of, you know, chaos and, and confusion and noise in the world if I know that God is on the job and that God's, you know, provision for me and my salvation and my, my life you know, if I know that God is, is there with me and working toward that, you know, I can handle the, the difficulties of life a lot better. So I want to talk a little bit about organization today. Well, I want to talk to you about another person. And her name is Isabella Baumfrey. Now, Isabella was born in 1797. And we're talking about the way that God does things and the way that he uses the, the difficulties of life for his plan and his purpose. Well, Isabella was born in, like I said, 19, or 1797 uh, and then soon sold into slavery at the age of nine. She ended up being sold uh, several more times and and she fell in love with, with another slave, and, but, you know, the owner of the, of the slaves at that time didn't want the relationship to go anywhere, so he forced her to marry someone else that uh, she didn't love and didn't want to marry and gave birth to 13 kids and, and all of those things. And, you know, she went through all kinds of abuse, slavery, all of the stuff that comes with it, you know, the the all of the anxieties and all of the turmoil and all of the, the, the suffering that goes along with what we know about slavery. She went through all that. But then it was in 1829. Uh, Isabella got very serious with her faith. You see, she kept searching for God and she kept looking and saying, why, why is all this bad stuff happening to me? I mean, oh my gosh, I, I'm watching my kids being sold off into slavery and I'm forced into a marriage and I've been, you know, physically and mentally abused and, and sold repeatedly and all of this horrific stuff. And yet she's learning about Jesus and she's learning that, you know, in him I can trust. 
So she becomes very serious about her faith back in 1829, and, and she actually changes her name. She changes it to Sojourner Truth. Sojourner Truth. Now, why she came up with that name, I don't know. It has something to do with, with her walk of faith, I'm sure. You know, as a sojourner in the world, and Jesus being the truth, the way, and the life. Well, Sojourner ended up being a very, very important person in the Methodist movement, in the proclamation of, of who Jesus is to the world. Uh, she was an extremely important person in the fight against slavery and the fight for women's rights, especially black women's rights. Uh, and she was used repeatedly giving, giving sermons and speeches uh, in various different church settings and places. And she used the history of her life. She used all of what we might look at as chaos but she saw how God was working through it to change who she was, to change her heart toward God as well as toward other people. And God used her in a miraculous way, again, to bring many people to faith through her sermons and through her speeches. But also he used her in a mighty way for uh, women's rights. And, he, and she gave God the glory through all of it. Now, there's a speech that she uh, made, and it was, this was in 1851. And this speech was given uh, at an Ohio Women's Rights Convention. Uh, she was one of the speakers there, and the speech is called, Ain't I a Woman? If you go on the toughquestionsforgod.org website, there's a button there that you can push, and it'll bring up that speech for you to read. It's not real long. But in it, she makes some really startling statements. And she, like I said, she, she references God. She references her relationship with Christ. Um, she talks about how she's no different than, you know, men who get more respect from her. I mean, it, it was all about what was right. And what was right. She affirmed, really, in this speech, Jesus' position uh, on, on women and women's rights. She's a, a miraculous individual to to look at so i want to encourage you to do that go on the website and just hit that button because her life and her speech gives really new meaning to the scriptures i just read to you you know romans 5 verses 3 through 5 more than that we rejoice in our sufferings you see, Sojourner Truth ended up realizing that through all of the difficulties she, could, she had gone through, the pain that she had experienced, she could be rejoicing in that because it was bringing her closer to her Savior. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. You see the organization here? You see the way God is orchestrating things? You know, not just in a physical world, bringing molecules together to make beautiful snowflakes, but he brings experiences together in people's lives to change who they are. You know, endurance produces character. Character produces hope. The hope we have in Christ. And hope does not put us to shame. It gives new life to Romans 8.28. And we know that for those that love God, all things work together for good. You know, it is so easy in the world today to look around at all the mess, 
all the noise and confusion, all of the disparities, and and to really get a sense of hopelessness. But but God tells us in his word in so many different places that you don't have to do that. You don't have to fall into that trap, you know, because that's all it is. He says, you know, I got everything, I got it all handled. I mean, I know how many molecules it takes to make a snowflake. I'm the one that creates a snowflake with six sides, and, and I do it symmetrically, and I do it in a way that it's all beautiful. He says, you think if I'm doing all that, you, you, you got to worry about your life? Don't worry about it. You know, our goal in life should be to really to serve him and to come to know God in a deeper and a more intimate way. Because, you know what, I look forward to spending an eternity with God. So the sooner I start to understand who he is and how he wants me to live, the better off I'm going to be. That's just Joe. You know, like I said, everything today seems to be skyrocketing out of control. But it's not. It's part of what God is allowing to take place in the world or maybe he has created in some circumstances to take place in the world. It's part of the things that take place from our own human decisions, good and the bad. God uses all of those things for those that love him for good. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't think God is a liar. I really don't. I think he's trying to tell me to relax. I think he's trying to tell me to trust in who he is and what he's doing. That's all. That we can count on him. Now, I think in regards to all this, the way that God is, is allowing things to take place in the world and the changes that we're witnessing, obviously, we're, we're changing you know, tremendously. Church doesn't look anything like, as a, as, a, as a body of Christ, church doesn't look anything like it used to. It doesn't look like it did, you know, a year ago or two years ago. And while we're looking forward to getting back to some sense of normalcy, it's probably never going to be completely the way it used to be. It would be unfortunate if we took our eyes off of what God is doing in the world and in our church today through the resources that we have, like through technologies, to proclaim the gospel of Christ to the world you know, if we just took our eyes off of what he's doing and said, well, I'm just going to kind of sit here and wait for everything to get back to normal, we would be losing, you know, the opportunity to, to participate in what God is doing in the world. And that's not what Christianity is all about. Christianity is about trusting in who God is and participating in the plan and the purpose of God and to follow through with the talents and the resources that God gives each one of us, and they're all different, you know, to, to be a witness for him in the world. That, that's what it's all about. So, you know, as, as time goes on here, and if we continue to do things, you know, in new ways, all we're doing is trying to follow the, the pathway that God is allowing and, and placing in the world to bring his plan of salvation to fruition. You know, it might be through the camera, it might be through the internet, it might be through postcards, it might be through in person. There's lots of ways. And we have more available at our fingertips today than ever before.
you know, we would be quite foolish if we missed the boat and didn't take advantage of every single one of them. So why am I talking about all of this? It's because I don't want anyone to lose sight of the fact that in God we can trust. Don't take our eyes off of Christ. Don't take our eyes off of the things that he has taught us or that he has said or that God has ordained through the Old and the New Testaments. Don't. Don't focus on the world. Focus on our, our God. Focus on the one who with we're going to spend an eternity. You know, the world, as Jesus said, you know, don't worry about the world. You know, don't worry about it. The world and life has enough troubles of its own. They'll take care of themselves. You worry about me. And you worry about your relationship with me. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live, Sundays at 11.30 a.m., or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining, and don't forget to like and share. God bless.